1: The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised.
0: The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at Ooh, Welcome! That's a good one to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the Internet's only Inappropriate John Photos Podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gasson with we're John Fraser as Going the there off the top, eh? Yeah, going, we're going there right away. Um, Plenty to get to in this episode as always. Uh, the Grey Cup matchup is set. It is pretty much the perfect cherry on top for Ryder fans this season as we'll get into. <laughs> um, yes, the Argos and the Blue Bombers will play for the 109th Grey Cup in a week's time in this fair city or my fair city at least not yours John but um fair fair province they're like trying yeah. to make it a provincial
1: thing there's like pancake breakfasts and stuff there's there's none of the like exclusive pay 300 dollars to hang out <laughs> with Colin James parties but like no. we got some free pancakes going down on the street mm. woohoo I know where I'm going for breakfast on Wednesday
0: so we're going to we're going to break that down a little bit uh we're also going to talk about the division finals which of course happened earlier today and yeah plenty of uh plenty of football talk this week which i know is kind of weird for us but that's you know that's kind of the time of year it is we got we got lots of time ahead of us in the next number of months to just talk about absolutely nothing so. it's it's true <laughs> and, and, and after coming out of the covid <laughs> pandemic
1: where we got really good at talking about absolutely nothing do not fear that shall continue
0: before all that though um we have to air something out a little bit here john because okay. um my eyes are still so recovering from a picture you sent me earlier today I it mean, was quite I know, a, it was quite offensive and disturbing all at the same
1: time. I mean, I know I had been drinking pretty heavily at a stag on Friday night and and I know today I decided to take some fairly obscene photos and I don't know what why I thought you would enjoy that. Like I I, I, I just thought like having the bromance that we do that you'd like to see what I'd sent you, but I guess I was completely wrong.
0: Yeah, no, that was uh that was not up my alley whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very sorry, but it's just it's t- tradition. It's it's something that me and my bomber fan buddies do, and I wanted to let you in on that part of my life by taking a perfectly framed photo and sending it to you. I thought the photography was really good, and I mean, it was all right. It, it was it was just. I mean, it's not like the the glamour shots you take of some of your beers, you know. And I don't. I'm not married to a photographer, but I mean, it was just a but a, a a Labatt Blue. I mean...
0: Three of them. Three.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's actually, yeah, it ended up being three. And, and as I mentioned, my Bomber fan friends and I, dating back to the 2019 West Final with the old doink off the post game, would that be the 2021? No, 2019. So we decided that to change the fortunes, and we're all like, My buddy that came up with the idea is one of those guys that likes $300 bottles of scotch. Like, he has very good taste. And we all know my love of craft beer. And he's like, no, we have to, get like, make our entire body, like, you know, we're dressed in blue and gold. We have to make our insides blue as well. And the only way to do that, he decided was to drink a king can of Labatt Blue. So before the Doink game, which I feel like was caused by the Labatt Blue, we drank king cans. Led to a victory. Drank it before the Grey Cup. Led to a victory. Drank it before last year's West Final. Led to a victory. And the Grey Cup. So, although my friend Tornado is in Australia right now, I still had to shoot a video and send him that, yes, I was upholding the tradition. But I couldn't find a king can. And I had finished the first Labatt Blue by game time. And this is right where there was the roughing the... Right when it looked like the Bomber's going to be in Death Star mode. And then there was the weird roughing the kicker. And then the weirder punt muff. I'm like, that's it. I got to have more Labatt Blue. A beer that is so foul that even Max, my seven-year-old, said, Daddy, why are you drinking that? It doesn't even smell good. He also said when I brought it in from the liquor store... Why would you buy that? It looks gross. <laughs> and he's just looking at the camera.
0: Pro- you should be. I mean, you should be proud to some degree, at least. I am. Actually, I was very <laughs> proud. But like that I felt
1: ashamed, too. And it's like remember when you were like young and not like super confident where you like maybe in high school, you had to like walk into the local pharmacy to get some condoms. Mm hmm. I felt like that when I walked up with this six-pack of Labatt Blue and the lady at the liquor store struck <laughs> up a conversation. I didn't even go to my usual liquor store.
0: That's I was fair. That,
1: that ashamed. I'm like, I've got like two regulars, one of them being Sobeys Liquor, the other one the co-op up on 8th Street. I went to a different liquor store that I won't even say the name of because I didn't want anybody to see me in here. <laughs> and walked up with this six-pack. Six
0: Did um, you re- La- were wearing like glasses with a nose and mustache on them and
1: i wish i wish i would have been because i just taken my kids to the mall no i was wearing my justin jefferson jersey so i was like standing out like a giant purple thumb and uh yeah this this very pleasant cashier decided to strike up a conversation with me and i'm like i i feel so dirty i feel please like just, this
0: just is... let me pay for this in shame and leave please
1: exactly like like just like <laughs> let me get out of here like let me get out of here with my embarrassing items and. Uh, move on with my day but uh that was not the case we had a great conversation um turns out a a, a car drove through the store the other day and she gave me uh, very intricate details of uh, of the guy that uh, drove his car into the liquor store so um huh. yeah but because i was feeling such misery from drinking three of those and i still have three more in my fridge for next weekend I had to share with you, and I'm sorry that I offended you and uh, made you possibly burn your retinas out and maybe judge me just a little bit.
0: Just a little. I mean, there should have been like a content warning or something on that photo, maybe. It's like when it's when you go on Twitter <laughs> and it's like
1: blurred out before like, oh, like like
0: fake gainers been posting those uh clip art edits of Bowley Levi Mitchell and Ryder jerseys with that lately. <laughs> Those are
1: outstanding, though. Like anything that man, woman, gopher does is just great. I also did find out the pancake breakfast for free all week because the Grey Cup Festival is not far from my house and it's Mm. free. Yeah, there's no way they look as good as they do in this ad, but uh, heavens
0: no. I mean, do pancakes ever really look good?
1: Pancakes ever? I feel like pancakes are an overweighted breakfast food as it is.
0: Yeah, that's fair. They're fine. They
1: they just but they're not even fine. They make you feel like bloated and slow. They're not yeah. greasy enough to be a great hangover cure.
0: No, they're definitely not that. No.
1: Like and, and like and they're just like a syrup receptacle. Like if I want something mm. sugar, if anything, it just makes your hangover worse because you just feel bloated and yuck the whole day. And maybe this is because I have no self control and can't eat one, and I instead <laughs> eat seventeen.
0: <laughs> that might be more the issue than the pancakes themselves. But yeah, I would say for the most part, there's nothing really bad redeeming or remarkable about pancakes if you really want the like syrup receptacle in the morning for your breakfast you know waffles or french toast are definitely far superior
1: by far better and i don't find they make me feel like such a fat piece of shit i don't know what that is there's no science behind it and this pancake really wow and this 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 pancake breakfast could not be in a more random spot yeah, it's on. It's it's just in some random park on Ruth Street in Saskatoon. There's hmm. nothing really nearby. It's just in a park down a street.
0: Are you sure this isn't some kind of scam or something like this is actually a real thing? This they're not trying to like lure people to a cult or something.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's on the <laughs> Grey Cup Festival's website. Okay. <laughs> oh, 50 oh, Sorry, I, I should be 503 Ruth Street. I said 508. Oh, you would have sent
0: people to some other random location. I
1: said five house points down i guess all right so 503 ruth street east no better it's even more of a like looking nothing kind of park thing that it's so far from downtown it's not near any restaurant where the hell are they getting a power source or pancakes for this damn thing i
0: don't know garbage fires
1: i'm curious now like i honestly i am off wednesday i think after i drop the children off at, at school and daycare i have to go try one of these maybe recruit me to a cult pancakes that are taking place in the middle of a park nowhere near anything in saskatoon
0: you'll have i think you should do that and you should report back if you're able to after you join the cult
1: that's <clears> fair <throat> this, this 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 might be a very different podcast after just don't drink the, the kool-aid right uh that's fair no no or have any
0: of the lettuce i don't know why you'd have lettuce <laughs> with
1: pancakes but god yeah that Ooh. would
0: be uh That would be probably, like, the worst combination for you based on how you've described what pancakes do to you. And then you throw Uh, some Subway, like... If Subway had pancakes and you put lettuce on top of that, that would be, like... Like, that would be the end of John Fraser.
1: I feel like they cancel each other out, though.
0: Do you? I don't know. Like,
1: one makes the guts put the evacuation button on. The other one just makes me feel like a fat piece of shit. And it's just weird that the pancake breakfast... (laughs) is in Saskatoon. Like, wouldn't you have a pancake breakfast in Regina?
0: Oh, there's a bunch of them. Like, Spirit of Edmonton has theirs every year, and I'm sure yeah, there's but, all kinds yeah, of things going on. We're
1: so. not, yeah, nobody's paying $300 for a breakfast that has any sense to themselves. I, no, I, I love I the Spirit of Edmonton. That is probably one of my favorite parties, but to ask 300 bucks for that, It now again, I digress. If the booze is free, I don't know if it is. If the booze is free, I take that back because I could drink $300 worth of booze while eating pancakes.
0: Especially at, you know, how much booze costs now, so that's easy enough.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's like four. Sorry. <laughs> the Calgary Grey Cup Committee does have a pancake breakfast on Elephant Street in Regina.
0: Mm, yes. That sounds about right as well, too. Oh
1: seems to ramp up on, on Friday there as I'm looking through the Great Cup Festival website. Fair you enough, it
0: usually does, yeah.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I do research now in this podcast. Yes,
0: because you are in a fancy new office set up with multiple monitors to watch <laughs> nothing.
1: <laughs> Especially not tonight when the fantasy <laughs> football matchups are all decided and there's no World Series, so.
0: And so, yeah, another championship series is on the way. The Great Cup will be played and basically a week from now we'll probably be crowning a champion as we record this at about 8 o'clock on Sunday night. Um, but before we get into all the football talk ahead, uh, John, without embarrassing yourself, <laughs> what is in the glass this week for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company? Lucky bastard vodka.
1: Had to redeem myself. <laughs> had to cleanse my insides of the filth I just put through it.
0: Yeah, you might need a... That might have had to have been a little stronger. Maybe just neat, like, vodka with just, like, a spritz of lime in it or something.
1: I mean, I'm not. I'm not far off. This was a very aggressive pour because... Betwixt that Vikings game and immediately watching the Western <laughs> final after that, I really <laughs> needed to calm the nerves, and I don't think I could do this stone. So it, uh, there ain't much, uh, <laughs> there ain't much, it's, it's pretty close to being neat. There's some melted ice cubes and a little bit of lime, but that's, that's about it. Cause yeah, the nerves are fucking
0: shot <laughs> What can I tell you? Holy shit. Uh, for me, I picked up the new four pack from uh, Nine Mile Legacy Brewing. Uh, the Yevshin, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, I have no clue, I have yeah, no Ukrainian... Actually,
1: you're very close, I'll okay. give you credit for that.
0: Uh, it's a fundraising thing, it's a honey wheat ale, um, inspired by Saskatoon's mm-hmm. Ukrainian Folk Ballet Ensemble. A group just dedicated to the preservation of Ukrainian dance in Saskatchewan, so a uh, good fundraising beer. Uh, nice, light, easy drinking, sort of along that uh, Belgian wit almost kind of style. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, very, very tasty, I'm finding it.
1: I, I, I like the little subtle hint of cloves in it. Because mm-hmm. I, I definitely, like like I said to you, when Lacey tags me on Facebook that <laughs> Yes, Nine miles. When Lacey's
0: giving you right. the go-ahead to buy a beer, then I guess you then pretty much I, have to, right? So...
1: I, I, I went there, and see, I didn't have to feel shame to walk into Nine Mile and purchase no. those, unlike the Labatt Loot.
0: <laughs> no, and we shall never speak of it again.
1: No, no, until next week when I have to drink those other three pieces well, we, of shit in my
0: um, fridge. You, you, can, you can do that, but we're, we're not talking about it.
1: Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Although, although depending how the game goes, we might have to talk about it.
0: Yeah, because um, the end of the West Final got a little interesting. Oh boy. And I know they're all saying the right things right now, reading the post-game comments. Of course, if you missed it, the Bombers beat uh, the BC Lions 28-20. So they're off to their third straight Grey Cup and will be favorites to win their third straight Grey Cup over the East Division champion Toronto Argonauts, who took care of business against Montreal Alouettes. We'll get into that a little bit as well. Um, But I think the big story coming out of the West Final, number one, great game, Um, as it pretty much always is. Um, But yeah, could history be repeating itself a little bit? Maybe I think Drew Brown's a little better than Ryan Dinwiddie would be a little more prepared than Ryan Dinwiddie would be. I would agree with that. But um, yeah, late in the game, Zach Caleros gets rolled up on. Um, His ankle didn't so much twist as it looked like it staffed quite hard under him, which is maybe which is I guess both are concerning in just a week turnaround time, Um, especially if it were to be a high ankle sprain. Um, but yeah, he and we we all we all saw it. There was no hiding it. He tried to run out for the bombers' final drive of the game. Took about three steps and was like, "Nope,
1: nope, nope." And on came Brown.
0: <laughs> and then Drew Brown came in, uh, a couple handoffs, and eventually they punted. Um. So yeah, we've seen this sign before. It's not a broken arm, so there is a chance that Zoccaleros could play next week. Yes. But I mean, this, the odds of this happening to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers again is- are. <laughs> astronomical I mean at least well, this time at least this time they're not trying to end the joke this time they're coming and having already won two great cups so if Zach Caleros can't come in and they lose because of that it still sucks for bomber fans but it's not quite the you have got to be kidding me
1: right it, it, that's that's and as a guy that's lived through that Ryan did moment and was at that great cup game I can tell you that's exactly what the reaction was um, I'm gonna let a, I'm probably about to curse them here uh, but without Zach Calaris, this team will still win the Grey Cup.
0: It's it's very possible, yeah.
1: And I say this because, as you alluded to, Drew Brown from the preseason onwards, he's got he's got the chance to start from every game he's come in, even on some of the gadget stuff they do. Everything Drew Brown has done has shown that right now he could manage a team. I, I believe that. I'm not going to sit here and say that Drew Brown's going to throw for 700 yards in the Grey Cup, but <laughs> Drew Brown
0: will come up. If out. he does, he's probably going to be the starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders next year, and he will completely collapse. <laughs>
1: Matt Flynn, too, electric boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, uh, I, I, I like what I've seen out of Drew Brown this day. It's right back to the preseason, and the difference between... The Kevin Glenn thing and the Winnipeg thing is you really saw it today that they used that strevler package with Dakota Prukop a lot. Mm-hmm. They always had that. They used it a few times during the year, but it was like today they decided we're going to run the ball, we're going to use Prukop, we're we're going to give it to Oliveira. And let's face it, Zach Galaris was, again, for a second consecutive West Final, was not good.
0: No, he he probably should have been intercepted four times instead of the once he was.
1: Easily. Like if 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 the BC defensive backs had any kind of hands at all, like this was just a weird game. Maybe receivers.
0: uh,
1: (laughs) But um (laughs) tiss. But like this was just a weird game. Like it looked like we were gonna see the bombers in Death Star mode to begin this when Mm -hmm. you thought they'd blocked a punt right after looking so good and and Nick Dembski having his token long reception that he seems to have once a game. That coming on like the first play. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to see Death Star Mode Bombers, which again, after that Vikings game, I was kind of okay with. And then the correct, roughly the pass call, which...
0: Roughing the kicker, yep.
1: Roughing the kicker, sorry. Which, weirdly enough, was actually vintage Glenn Suter. Yes. That Suter knew, he knew there had been a change, and explained it.
0: Yeah, because he... That's one thing he is really up on, because he's often in a lot of these competition and rule committee meetings. Like, he's not, like, part of the committee making decisions, but he's often in the room just listening.
1: Exactly. And, and that is one thing that he nailed. He said, as of two or three years ago, this you can't touch the plant foot no matter what. You can, yep. you can block a punt, and if you get ball first, you can make contact with, like, the kicking leg. But you can't touch the plant foot, which makes sense because that's how knees blow up. So, basically, the punt blocks taken off the board. They lead to another punt, goes betwixt some legs and pantaloons, and all of a sudden, it's a ball game. Like mm-hmm. it was just it was it was weird the entire game and all the dropped interceptions and Nathan Rourke wasn't good for ninety two percent of it, like Yeah. It was still a great game, but it was like a great, dumb, chaotic game.
0: Yeah. Not of- not quite to the level of last year's West Final, but it was oh, it was still it was still all over the place. Right.
1: So I just I look at the way that unlike the Kevin Glenn, you know, Ryan Dinwey era, that there are Other pieces, you know, there are other plans. That defense... No, the defense
0: is the biggest X factor, right? And
1: and, and they look tired. Like, they look tired. Like, even though Winnipeg had, like, a substantial lead in time of possession, there was times that that defense looked tired near the end of that game. So, it was... uh, uh, Yeah, I I, I think... You're going to hear Calaris all week. And you're going to hear Harris all week. And it's going to be a little sickening and kind of annoying. Mm Mm-hmm but I don't think it's relevant if he plays. And I know that's weird to say that about the guy that's probably going to be the
0: MOP, but when, Winif- I mean, I, I think it's relevant if he plays, I think if he plays, the Bombers are definitely clear favorites. And, and, you know, it, it would affect the line a fair bit in my mind. Like I could see them oh, yeah. going from like 10 point favorites to like six and a half point favorites if they don't win kind of thing. Right. Oh, 100%. If he doesn't play, And I think it, you know, it substantially increases their odds of winning. Should he play? Because yeah, we all b- believe Drew Brown could be a good manager of a single game in that moment, but you still never know. And, and you know, when it, it's, when it's the biggest stage of the year too, it's still not a road I'd rather not have to go down if I was any team.
1: No, I, and I, I absolutely agree with you. I just, I know, uh, texting with, um, several family members and friends talking about, well, if Colaris is out, we're screwed. And I'm going, I, I don't think so. Like I, That's this good. isn't, hurt doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't help. No, it it absolutely doesn't help. I'm not sitting here and saying Zach Calaris is overrated, rah, rah, rah. They shouldn't (laughs) resign him. But, like, he's still, like, the best, uh, unequivocally, the best quarterback in the CFL. But this is just a Winnipeg team that you look today. How often is your MOP essentially a non-factor? Like,
0: well, your MOP has probably his worst game of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, by a mile. And you still win
0: fairly. I know the score was close, but it was still a fairly comfortable win, I would say, for them.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I, it wasn't really panicky. I think it got panicky about midway through the fourth quarter, where Nathan Rourke looked real good.
0: Yeah, he started to pick it up a bit, and I mean, I kind of went. So there's there's one decision by Rick Campbell. And I know we talk about coaches a lot on the show. But we're going to talk about another yep. coach in a bit. I kind of I keep going back and forth on when they scored that touchdown late, and it was a nine point game at that time after the touchdown. Yes, and I know you know, I've seen some people say go for two and I don't disagree, but I also didn't disagree with the one either. Cause I'm like, if you don't get that two and it stays a 2.2 two possession game, that's rough. Well, that, that's,
1: that's, that's, exactly that's,
0: that's the difference for me in that scenario. Like I, yeah. I still would have absolutely applauded for Rick if he went for two to make it a seven, to give yourself a chance to win in regulation, if you really want to, um, or at least increase your odds of tying the game. Um, so I, I would have been fully in favor and would have supported the decision, but at the same time, like, yeah, I can see why you would want to make ensure that this stayed a one possession game rather than risking it going back to two.
1: Well, well and especially I I and I'm with you. I I like aggressive th- I like aggressive calls. I don't like short field goals. I don't like not going for it on third and two or third and three, especially when you're trailing, which is something BC did a lot of today and mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Like that was like starting at about the 8 minute mark and you could tell it had an emotional toll on both that crowd and the Bombers that they they're, they force a third and three, think they're out of it, then it's like, Nathan Rourke doesn't even look at the sidelines. No. He, he knew he was staying in there, and you and they made some conversions there, too. So I, mm-hmm. I thought Rick Campbell coached that, that game very well. I, I know
0: he did. Overall, he did. That was just one moment where I'm like, hmm, maybe. I mean, ultimately, it didn't really matter because right. in the but, end, but it but didn't still, change anything, I, but... But, I mean, one possession on a kind of
1: cold day in a playoff game where all sorts of weird shit has happened. You just need one tip. You need one fumble, one roll. And, you know, you, you're kind of staring an opportunity in the face. And I honestly think that being a lifelong Bomber fan, I was expecting that to happen, and it just didn't, which is still maybe the weirdest part of all this for me.
0: Yeah. Um, there were some coaching decisions today that I did, <laughs> did not agree with. Um, oh, yeah. You'll find it on 3downation.com at some point. Um, John Hodge asked me this week if I wanted to write um, regarding the Alouettes performance in the Eastern, in the Eastern Final. This was uh, He asked me the other day, so but we didn't know what the outcome was going to be at the time, but it's was like, yeah, yeah, I'll revive the good, the bad, and the dumb for the Alouettes in this case. Right. And um, the game provided some content for me, that's for sure. But um, wasn't sure what the good was going to be for a while because the Alouettes definitely struggled early and didn't have a whole lot going right, but kind of hung around and were able to make a game of it at least. And the bad was certainly setting up to be just a defense get that had absolutely no answers for an Argo offense for most of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, they looked McLeod Beth- They made McLeod Bethel Thompson look really good.
0: Yeah, and to his credit, he did play really well as well. And the, the yeah. both teams combined almost for a thousand yards of offense, which you love to see. And but then. The the gods gaveth, and that was of course from one Danny Machocha. Now, if you yes! came into the start of this at the start of this season, if you told me the Alouettes and the Argos are going to play in the Eastern Final, now remember who the coach of the Alouettes was at the time when the season started, and a coach was going to play a very big role in their team losing the game. I probably would have told you, yeah, that's probably Ryan Dinwiddie. Yes, I would. I, I, I would absolutely agree with you. To his credit. After a couple sort of brain farts early in this season, Ryan Dinwiddie's been pretty calm and pretty straightforward with his coaching sense. He hasn't really had a real big brain fart in a while, which he kind of did last season, and he did for the first few weeks this season. But he's kind of figuring it out now a little bit, and I think he might actually be okay. Yes,
1: I, 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 I would, and I want him to be okay. I almost want Grey Cup vindication for Ryan Dinwiddie, but not this year. Fair enough. For obvious Um, reasons.
0: On the other hand though, Danny Machocha's been a coach in football for a very long time and should know better.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, and a very uh, not well-liked coach that that we almost Fraser cursed to the Grey Cup yes. and I think the only reason the Fraser curse didn't prevail we caught like,
0: it we caught it soon enough and outed it essentially.
1: Right. And then you were assigned to cover the game from the Alouettes' perspective.
0: Yes, so I would like to apologize to any Alouettes fans that listen to this podcast. Um, it appears whoever I write about this year losing follows them around. Um, <laughs> the Riders, obviously for three quarters of the season, I went and covered the Canadian Bowl on Saturday. The Thunder lost that game. Oh. And now I write about the Alouettes, and uh, they lose these final. So That's if you want th- your if you want your opponent to lose, you know I'm for hire. Yeah, I'm available to write.
1: which which okay as an aside i know we joke about the fraser curse all the time but i was thinking about this the other day now that again i'll be on the rush broadcast this year Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i don't think any team i've been calling a game for has lost the playoff game Mm -hmm. because no sorry ufs women's hockey once but they won their first championship with me on the mic Rush won once with me in the booth, once with me as a sideline reporter. Like, it's just, like, it's weird that the Fraser curse is such a prevalent thing, but yet when I'm on the team's payroll, it seems to go away. Yeah. Just as a total aside on the Fraser curse, but... And it's almost like you have an effect to cancel out the Fraser curse somehow. Sometimes, yeah. Today being that day. And, yes. Uh...
0: Um, so, yeah, Danny Maciocha, Uh for some reason coached like a guy who is scared of losing his job <laughs> despite the fact that... despite the fact that he is allegedly not going to be coaching next season <laughs> he keeps saying one, it
1: and he's the one making the decision
0: he keeps saying it no one believes him quite frankly I've yet to meet anyone who believes that Danny Machocha will not be the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes next season right but we'll see maybe we'll all be proven wrong Um, the Montreal Alouettes better hope that Danny Machocha is not the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes next year I think he's done a fine job as a GM but clearly, um, the modern game of football is not his thing. No. Um, there were two particularly egregious field goals in this game. One was really, really bad, and that was I'm not I didn't necessarily cost them the game per se, but it did not set his team up for success in these situations. No. And it came late in the fourth quarter. I think it was about four minutes left on a second and ten. They dial up a handoff to Williams, stand which okay. in its own right is kind of weird but With it's game, usually
1: a sign that
0: you're yes like normally like 99.9 times out of 100 if i see a team hand off on second and 10 in the cfl i'm like okay they're going forward on third down yeah or they really think they have them caught in something or something but in all likelihood you're going forward on third down especially red zone adjacent
1: yes and especially late in a game
0: late in the playoff game where you've been trailing all game and you need touchdowns
1: and, 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 and you have all the <coughs> momentum because this mm-hmm. is a Montreal team that at one point was down 21-3. to three.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I'm fine. Whatever. I'll live with this right. run if you do right. the right thing on the next down. Right. Instead, on third and five, which is a manageable third down. How had you been stuffed and there was still and 10 Okay, maybe. Right. But instead, it was third and five, which is a manageable distance, especially for a Trevor Harris, who had only thrown five incompletions in the game and put up nearly 400 yards. Instead, out comes David Cote for the 35-yard field goal to cut the lead from 10 to seven, and you still need a touchdown. <laughs> Danny Machocha was promptly rewarded by the football karma gods by never getting the ball back as the Argos killed the clock and the rest of the game. Yeah, good I, job, I, Danny. Way to make a way to make a loss look more respectable, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, and
1: that's the thing. I yeah, there was uh, four minutes 25 seconds left. When he made that decision and it seems
0: to his credit this he's been consistent about this yeah like all season I've like rolled my eyes at a lot of his sort of conservative decision making but at least I will say at least he went down doing what he does this is obviously his philosophy it's not right but at least you consistently know what you're going to get out of the guy it drives me more bananas when coaches waffle back and forth and whether they're aggressive or not
1: Right. This, this is his DNA. This is what makes him not a very modern or progressive coach, um, along with other things I still remember hearing in his from people in his previous days as a coach. But it's just funny because this is even something that you're starting to see the NFL come around on. And when the NFL is doing it before the CFL, that's when you know that you know generally it's not something that was all that common, but seems to be becoming more common now. That teams will go for it down ten rather than kick the safe field goal and try to get
0: the ball back. Right. It's it's one thing, okay, it's third and five at like the forty. Okay, sure, kick the field goal. Right. But when you're when you're when you're near the red zone or in the red zone or even worse in goal situations, it's a lot easier to get back into field goal range than it is touchdown range.
1: Well, especially in the CFL like it's it's it almost seems like whenever teams need to get into field goal range it just sort of finds a way to happen especially because you seem to be in go for it on third down mode and it's not hard to pick up 3 or 4 yards per carry in the CFL at all um or no. lots I, of professional I, I mean, football like,
0: leagues yeah like late in games in football in general it seems when the offense really needs to do something you generally get to have a pretty good shot at doing it yes because you absolutely. get you, you know the defense is tired you kind of get once you get, If you get the, that first first down, the sort of the momentum kind of starts to roll a little bit and you get in rhythm and it's just hard to stop in those moments in time across any sort of football league. You see it all the time. It doesn't always necessarily succeed, but you're going to generally give yourself a chance to get in field goal range or get down for the touchdown if you need to.
1: And I think it's a damn shame that Montreal shot themselves in the foot a bit because I honest to God think that Montreal Winnipeg is a better matchup than Montreal Toronto, not only for Eyeballs, but in terms of upsetting the mm-hmm. two-time defending champions, in terms of likely entertainment of the game, in terms of having some some star power, right? Like, yeah. like you and I were talking in our preamble, like Tyson Philpot, like that. There was that was a
0: coming up party for that kid in that game. Oh my God, there's
1: a great Canadian talent. Tell- I mean, mm. real. It, it's weird to say because I remember all those years it seemed to be BC Montreal and we all hated it, but BC Montreal would have been the best thing for the league between yes. Philpott and 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 Rourke, and instead. We get this contrived already starting to be shoved down our throat halfway through the West final game of Andrew Harris coming back.
0: It mm-hmm. um, does nothing for me. Like, out of coming into this weekend, out of the four scenarios of what we could have seen the Grey Cup to be, this was my least favorite. This was uh, the one I would... that I did not want to see, and of course, it's the one we got. <laughs> the Gasson
1: curse? <laughs> um, I don't know. For me, obviously, I want to see my Bombers there. I I did. But the narrative of the Andrew Harris thing is just it's it's it drives me nuts because if if you even look at his stats because again I do research now. He only touched the ball 10 times. He only had 9 rushes and still got outgamed almost outgained by Ulett who went 6 for 38 versus Harris's 9 for 42. Yeah. Like I just I, I Toronto it just seems like you have to force some sort of Storyline well, with
0: that's my thing with them this year. Like this version of the Argos, I just I don't have any feelings toward them one way or the other. Like I I don't think they're great. I don't think they're like exciting. I don't think they're no, and I don't think they're like evil and easily hateable either. I'm just like <laughs> I don't know. They're just there. Well, they play they... they play decent football. They're not terrible to watch. They're not great to watch. They're just kind of there. I don't know.
1: They're they're almost McLeod Bethel Thompson by this point. Yeah. They're a guy that they seemingly want to replace every year that is now, like, third in all-time passing yards on that team. Like, you're right. They're not young and exciting. They, they're they a very veteran team. Uh, they don't do anything unique or cool. And I don't think they're going to move the, the needle. And oh, this is a yeah. game. Like, I, that-
0: you, you, I agree with you. And we've talked about this before I think, on the show that I think BC Montreal would have been the best great cop for the league for a variety of reasons. Yeah. The biggest being, I think Nathan Work is obviously a ratings generating machine, and yep. the league is healthier when Quebec is invested in the CFL. Yes, so there would have been a lot of reasons for all that. I think even if you got Winnipeg, Montreal, you get Quebec invested, and that's big for the league. Well, um, and and, and, of, have... and we've we've seen we've seen Toronto in the Grey Cup every five years, and every time they're like, "Oh, is this the one?" No, it's we know it doesn't make a difference in the long run in terms of what's no. going to happen to that franchise.
1: Well, and, and, and as well too, you have a Montreal <laughs> team that beat Winnipeg this year. Yeah. At IGF. There's one. Basically, their only real loss all year. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the other <laughs> losses were in cruise control. And I mean, you have Montreal come in there and beat Winnipeg. So you could have had that storyline. Um, I think this is going to be a like a real ugly number for the CFL for this Grey Cup. I'm a little worried about it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm thinking sub two million. Like, you're not getting the casual viewers with that joke of a Grey Cup halftime show.
0: Oh, and a... how late you announced it, and how little pump-up it's felt like there's been for the Grey Cup this year.
1: It, 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 that's Okay, that's another great observation for our, our most dedicated listener that's related to me, my Grammy. <laughs> um, Grammy pointed out, and she was bang on, nail on the head, that there's, like, no hype for the Grey Cup game. There's no commercials on the other shows, on CTV. You're not really seeing a lot of it. It seems like everything already, even today... I kept the game on after the West Final. First thing we're hearing about is the World Cup, which again, which I get. Understandable. Huge.
0: Like Canada's in it. This is a huge deal. I get it. Side note, that's why I believe we haven't seen James Duffy through the playoffs like we normally do. I assume he's already in Qatar. Uh
1: yes, yeah. I think I saw Lindsay Hamilton uh also posted that that she's there as well. But yeah. you have a massive sporting event for this nation coming up. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You have a team that's already won it a couple times that...
0: Like, like yeah, like it, it's it's such a weird thing to think about because so rarely in sports, especially de- these days, I don't care how small the league is, does anyone 3 repeat So this is actually, like, historically oh, huge. a huge. really big deal, but it's also kind of hard to get jazzed up about at the same time.
1: Well, and, and, and again, it comes down to... Unless you're a Bomber fan, of course. Even at that... And I hate to say it, and I might be vilified for this. I'm sure there's people that are going to think you this is You vilified? Ter- Never. Never. No. No. I don't burn down bridges with nuclear fire and then somehow find a way to repair them years later? That, that'll be a funny announcement coming up here right away. But, um, yeah, I—, I There were stretches during this BC game that I went, Do I care? Like, I, I just come off, again, I I just watched a highly emotionally invested game between my Vikings and the Bills, and my heart rate was through the roof, and it was just, it was such a great game. And then when it looked like the Bombers were going to go Death Star mode, I was like, eh, I guess we're back in the Grey Cup. By the end of it, yeah, I cared, I was emotionally invested, but, like, I can tell you, I wasn't, even amongst us Winnipeg fans, I wasn't getting the same level of, like, Normally, my phone is buzzing off the hook. Like, the last two West Finals, it's like, I'm chatting with, like, 8-9, friends, family, everything like that. Everybody was kind of, meh, I recorded the game, I'll see what happens later. Yeah. Like, ew. Like, I'm thinking, can I bet on an over-under on TV ratings? I don't know. Is if I can, I'm taking the under 2 million, because I think I... I I
0: hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope you're wrong too. But I mean, yeah, like Montreal, BC, I think would have been relatively speaking a ratings bonanza. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, even Winnipeg, stars. Montreal gets a bit of a bump. Yeah. Um,
1: you get that RDS, you get that yeah. big RDS number in there. Like,
0: <sighs> I just I don't know. It just it
1: seems meh. Yeah. It's kind I, I of what, like
0: what we what we'll see in a few days. What this week did, and that may changed my opinion a little bit like if the division final numbers come out they end up being pretty solid and they're kind of historically in line with what we've seen then yeah i think okay yeah it'll probably reach the three mil mark
1: yeah but i just i think your halftime show killed your casual viewer your lack of storylines minus the ones that tsn has already come up with and are trying to desperately shove down our throats with harris and the revenge game and everything you're not really gonna care. You might not have the league's most outstanding player in the game. Like it just, I just I hope that five million people watch this. I hope I I'm sure the halftime show is gonna be entertaining as hell. Hmm.
0: I'm sure it's not, it it's not like the halftime show I'm sure will be fine. It's not the artist's fault of all the no. stuff that happened. So
1: Well, that's it. I'm going to watch it and I will probably enjoy it. I'll be the first to admit it. I I I like whether I find some Miracle way to be there or whether I'm sitting on my couch, it's going to be a good show. I'm sure the music's going to be great. But it's just, again, <laughs> Lacey came downstairs while I was watching the game at one point, And this is a person who enjoys country music looking at me going, they only got half a Florida Georgia line. <laughs> like, there's your casual country fans take on this Grey Cup. So, uh, but whatever. Bombers by a million.